You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, and I know I promised you all a show on Wednesday, but the Bills canceled practice yesterday. It was just a walkthrough close to the media. So we all went back to Buffalo, shuffled back here for one day to Rochester, and we watched uh, the final practice here before the Red-Blue scrimmage game. Tomorrow, Friday, at the stadium, Ryan Talbot will be live in person with me there. I can't wait for that. This is Shout, a Buffalo football podcast Brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Barbecues, tailgating, or on a road trip to see your favorite team. Wherever the football season finds you, make sure to stop at Tops for the best deals in town. From fresh meat to locally grown produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more for mealtime, snack time, or anytime. Tops, at your table since 1962. What is up, Ryan Talbot? You have been at that desk for the last, what? Two and a half years, and it hasn't been that long. This is this is new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely newish. That's right. Uh, not too much going on here, Matt. Excited to break down everything that happened today at practice, and even more excited to be out there at the stadium with you tomorrow. Yeah, I will say I was able to write about a, quite a bit of things. It, it seemed like kind of like a boring practice, right? It was a little rainy. They were doing a lot of run plays. Um, we'll talk about one in particular that stood out. Uh, but it mixed in there were some big time plays, some Josh Allen connections, uh, obviously a little bit of fisticuffs, which we'll talk about here uh, at the top of the show. Uh, we'll get into some performances uh, on the lower end and maybe how some things are maybe starting to crystallize as we get to the first preseason game here in a, in a little over a week. Uh, some things that I'm keeping an eye on. But let's start with the brawl because Von Miller was asked about it after practice and kind of gave some interesting insight into it and we'll get into all that, but basically setting it up, it was Stefan Diggs caught a quick pass from Josh Allen and it looked like Greg Rousseau just tried to like bat it out, like try to strip the ball. I mean, they, they looked a little bit more than just thud up today. And in that play I was talking about, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that and maybe why I think that they were a little live at times, but I don't think Stefan Diggs liked that too much. So he kind of pushed Rousseau back and Rousseau responded by literally open palm slapping Stefan Diggs in the helmet. And everybody's just like, wait a second. Like, first of all, to see a guy just straight up slap a dude like that, that's one thing. But then you're like, was that Greg Rousseau? Like literally the tallest dude on the field. When you talk to him away from the field, one of the most reserved people that you can meet. And I actually asked Von Miller about that. And I'm like, were you surprised at all about that? Every time we talked to him, he's reserved. And he's like, he's like, no. And, he, and his voice kind of went a little bit deep and he said, Greg's a demon and I'm going to bring it out of him. 
I've been feeding him gunpowder and gasoline. It's good to see him come out here and go crazy. So he went a little crazy. Uh, Diggs didn't like that. They were kind of pushing each other back and forth. Then Ed Oliver just exploded. I don't know if Diggs said something to him, but Ed Oliver could barely be contained. Miller tried to hold him back, and and Oliver pushed Von Miller. He's like, okay, I'm too old for this. I'm out of here. And so he hit the road. And then Oliver, I think, threw a couple punches at Diggs. I think Diggs threw something back. It was uh, it was a wild scene. But again, this is the intensity is super super high since the pad, pads went on. Josh Allen said it today too. The competition level. There's so many really good players that when you have that in practice, you're going back and forth with really good players. It's going to get competitive. It's going to get testy. Yeah, listen, I, I think the gunpowder and gasoline line might be like the soundbite of camp so far. That's a fantastic quote from Von Miller. But we've seen this a few practices now. Things getting chippy, pushing and shoving before the pads came on. We saw this thing with Josh Young and Jordan Phillips. And then obviously today, you know, it went to a little bit of the next level. Sean McDermott had to get out there. Von Miller needed to be held back. And I, I like the the fact that Von Miller also said at one point, you know, listen, I, I'm too old to be kind of hold, trying to hold back at Oliver when he's upset and angry. Uh, but yeah, you said it best in your article that thank goodness the preseason's coming up and they can hit someone that's on another team here pretty soon uh, because the, the Bills really need that. They need to be able to take out some of their aggression, I think, on another team here uh, because the longer this camp goes on, the more they're battling, the more you'll see these little scuffles and dust ups. Josh Allen had a. I don't know. I I'd call it kind of like a, you know, a lot of things didn't seem like they were working at times, like guys just running into crowded areas and maybe the ball being a little bit, uh, you know, behind guys or whatever. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a bad practice, but there were some highlights and I wanted to get into those and something specifically he said about a rookie receiver. And we'll, we'll hit that in a second here. But so there was two big plays. The first came to Gabe Davis, who, absolutely um, had a great rep running up against uh, Dane Jackson. And I think, th listen, Dane Jackson, the assignments in practice for him to cover Davis and Diggs, I'd say overall, if I was, if I had like a measuring uh, or like a barometer of where I was kind of putting him and, and Kyer Elam, I'd probably have Jackson being a little bit more reliable through the first, uh, what we got, 11 days of, of training camp, nine practices. So I think Jack Jackson's been fine. I think Dane is exactly what you think he was. But on this play, he just gave up a little bit too much separation to Davis. And then um, what ended up happening was DeMar Hamlin was in. You know, Jordan Poyer's off on the sideline. He's got a huge brace. Almost look, reminds you of the Gronkowski brace from years ago. John Scott from Spectrum Sports, he kind of made that comparison. And uh, so that's on his left arm. Uh, obviously, some, some good news-ish since that happened and that, you know, it's – probably something where he's going to be back by the start of the season. But, you know, Sean McDermott did cast some doubt on that. But with Poyer now out, that means opportunities for uh, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin. Hamlin was on the field when this happened, and he was responsible for getting over there and providing some help. And he just he didn't get there in time and big play for Gabe Davis. Yeah, listen, these are valuable reps for DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson when he's out there. But this is what happens when you lose one of your all pro safeties. Uh, the, the timing might not be right. The, the safety might not be in the position that a, a guy like Poyer and Hyde would be, uh, where you can count on them being in the right spot at the right time. These younger guys might just be a half step behind because they're, they're getting more acclimated to getting those reps, getting that playing time, going against Josh Allen. Uh, as for Gabe Davis, you know, it's no surprise that he's making those big plays down the field. Uh, he and Allen have a good rapport. Jackson, as you mentioned, has been solid all camp. So 
you, you still want to see those shot plays go, you know, uh, get completed every now and then. So positive note there. And then you mentioned it, Matt. There's also a connection with the rookie today. Yeah, it was Khalil Shakir, and it was toward the end of practice, one of the final periods. Uh, he was working with uh, the star of the show from Tuesday, uh, Christian Benford, uh, who, you know, Sean McDermott was complimentary of. Uh, you know, just he said today that it, it just feels with Benford like, you know, he's he's just professional. He has good football IQ. And those kind of guys that come in, even though he comes from a FCS school, like, you know, when you have that foundational understanding of the game, that I think you're able to pick up things quicker. McDermott, you know, talked to, uh, a, a little bit about him today, but Benford on this rep, he lost it. I mean, there was, there, it was clear that it was just uh, Shakir was a little bit too much to handle on the route. There wasn't a lot of help over the top uh, on this pl- play either. Ended up going for a touchdown on the either, other side. And so I started off Josh Allen's press conference today and I said, all right, give it to us. What have you seen from Khalil Shakir over the first, you know, a uh, couple weeks here in training camp? And he said, he's done a pretty good job in terms of learning the offense. Uh, he's been switching up between the Z and the F. Uh, at receiver, smart kid, runs some really good routes. So it's good to see him uh, getting some reps with us and producing uh, with the first team. I'm excited about him. I really am. So first and foremost there, you got, you know, you, you've you already, if you're Khalil Shakir, have the, the not only the uh, respect of your quarterback, but the trust of your quarterback to even be able to put that up to Shakir. That means that what Allen is saying there is true, is that this guy's been kind of earning it in the room. I, I think that that was a pretty big, quote there from Josh Allen on Shakir. Yeah, that, that's a huge quote. Listen, this this was not a player that they drafted in round one or round two. This was a day three pick. Mind you, really good value on that day three pick based on where a lot of draft analysts had him. Uh, but that's been coming in, has been impressing all of camp, really good pass catcher, uh, really solid route runner. And now he's getting some run with this first team and uh, he's making plays and he you know caps it off with this long touchdown today. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense, obviously, with Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox, and the list goes on. But Shakir, by midseason, by the end of the year, I could see him really fighting Matt to get some significant reps in this offense just based on how good he's been, how much more knowledge of the the playbook. He's, he's going to know the ins and outs of it, outs of it by midseason. Uh, and he's almost going to be able to force his way onto the field if he can keep this up. Yeah, and I think also... It's something where we've talked about this on several podcasts now that he's fitting in a bunch of different pots for Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen. It doesn't necessarily need to be like, listen, he he runs some in the slot. He runs some on the outside. As you've seen, he goes in for Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis when they need a break. And that's something that Josh Allen too. Here's, here's the other part of his, his quote. He's just, again, trying to be on the field, whatever way he can. And we've got so many different options right now in terms of guys that can play at a very high level. So he's just trying to find a role and he's, he's done a really good job of knowing what he's doing, being able to switch around. Someone needs a gas, a break because they're gas from running something. He's the first one in and he's been on top of his stuff in the meetings. He pays attention. I can go on on and on. I really can, but he's going to help this team. So I just think it's a situation now where Shakir to me, it, we've kind of, Talked about it a little bit, but I do think he's going to fill that Gabriel Davis role from his rookie season where when you need me, I'm going to be here. And that's huge for this team because there, there's something to be said about depth. There's something to be said about uh, being the next man up. You, it might just be one game. It might be two quarters. It could be four weeks where he could be put into a prominent role based on what could happen injury wise throughout the season. And to have someone that you can count on that's this young, it, it's really big for this team, Matt. 
It is. Where do you want to go next, buddy? Well, you know, Von Miller is apparently feeding Greg Rousseau gasoline and gunpowder, but it sounds like he's also having some of it himself for breakfast. Uh, tell us a little bit about his day. <laughs> yeah, he had a big time sack. And listen, he's in a good mood. He's happy. Uh, after, you know, we talked about it in the first episode, obviously not great reviews for the toilet paper here at St. John Fisher. Well, Bill's Mafia to the rescue. They've been sending him loads and loads, truckloads of uh, toilet paper, plant-based stuff, uh, wipes. Uh, he went into the full kind of details today, and, and it's one of the reasons why he's just feeling the love here at training camp. But, you know, he's been absolutely uh, on fire throughout all of training camp. Everything that you expect him to be. I almost didn't even want to write about it because it's like, you know, Von Miller sack, you know, drink. Right. Like, I mean, it's not like a, a surprising development, but, you know, it, it was a play where, you know, Allen and the offense were trying to get into a rhythm and it was one on one with Deion Dawkins and he just blew up the play. And it's almost like the whistles are coming out super fast. Um, and from that point on, you don't want to they don't want to get Josh Allen hurt. I mean, we've seen a couple of times where, you know, guys have kind of, you know, stopped and in a chippy practice like this a situation where, you know, Von Miller is just winning a lot and. Uh, at, at one point during practice, I saw him over on the, you know, where the fan barricade is and he was holding his, uh, his little uh, son who I think took pictures with, uh, Sean McDermott and uh, Josh Allen after practice. So, you know, the, he's dialed up, he's ready to go. And, and now it's just about getting some of these other guys on the line ready to go. But apparently today they were. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned it, it's almost like, ho hum, he's made another play, but fans still love hearing that about guys like Allen, guys like Diggs, and guys like Von Miller. So they put a big investment, a big price tag on Miller here in the offseason. He's delivered in camp. Uh, based on everything we've seen, there's no reason to believe that that's not going to continue when the the games actually matter. And then kudos to the Bills fan base being number one when it comes to number two. All right, let's go on to the next play. Let's, let's, let's give some love to Duke Johnson. I, I want to mm. go there next because I think the running back – conversation is going to be a fun one. Uh, if you saw over on the timeline over on Twitter, I posted a video of James Cook at the beginning of practice day. I thought it was interesting. It's just, you know, he's warming up an individual part, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. They were over at the usual spot where the running backs uh, warm up, uh, get ready, go through some drills. Cook, Duke Johnson, and Raheem Blackshear were all with the wide receivers, running some routes, uh, even caught a couple passes from Josh Allen. I posted a video of that as well. So interesting to see them kind of changing things up with with James Cook a little bit. But I I think Duke Johnson, like pound for pound, has run as well in training camp as anybody. I mean, he gets downhill quickly. He's a, he looks he's got an explosiveness to his game that I didn't expect from a guy that's you know a little bit more of a gadget. Uh, running back, a guy that's been mostly used in the past game. I know he had a really good season in Miami last year, but I just, from what I envision him looking like to what he's actually looked like, he's had some really good runs. He gets downhill super quickly. And all of a sudden, most times when he has one of these nice runs, I think he's had four or five now, he's on the second level. And you're like, you're like, wow, that was just bang, bang. He just got there. And today, uh, the first one, um, Saran Neal had something to say about it. Probably has gotten used to watching Duke Johnson scamper around the field. And he came in and he laid the boom. I mean, it was a pop at the end and it sent him right to the ground. And me and Joe Biscaglia were standing out there together and be like, oh, are they live right now? Because that was a, that was not a uh, thud up. That was a smack, a hit. Uh, so you like to see a little fire from uh, Saran Neal, but Duke Johnson, you know, he's, he's, he's looked pretty good. 
Yeah, Johnson's going to make it very difficult for this team when it comes to deciding the final running back room. Obviously, you have Singletary and you have Cook, but uh, the big decision might come down to Moss, who's also having a very solid camp. And Johnson, if you can only keep so many backs, if you plan on keeping a fullback, if you want to keep Taiwan Jones, you can't have this overload at the running back position. And maybe the path is to try to get Duke Johnson onto your practice squad. Who knows? That's the decision for another day. But he's running well, as you mentioned. He's a really good pass catcher. And I know they drafted James Cook, and that's Cook's specialty. Uh, but you mentioned it, Matt. Last year in Miami, the Dolphins didn't really utilize uh, Duke Johnson as a pass catcher. They used him more as a natural running back, and he performed well in that role. He averaged over four yards per carry. Uh, I would argue that he was probably their best back overall last year in terms of the guys that they rotated in and out. He had the most success for that team. So it's going to be interesting to see what this team envisions for him because he he does have that explosiveness. He can help you as a runner and as a receiver. Uh and, and the Bills, you know, they want as many talented players as they can that can do more things and just run the ball between the tackles. Uh, so Johnson is, you know, showing here early on that he's more than just a pass catching back. Going on now, it is your last chance to stock up on summer outdoor essentials. Shop outdoor furniture, uh, fire pits, tables. Uh, grills, garden tools, and outdoor decor. Head over to valuehomecenters.com. Check out their current ad. And then also starting on August 7th, running through September 3rd, it's the end of the season clearance sale. Save $7 instantly on Valspar Integrity Exterior Paint and $5 on Valspar True Basics Exterior Self-Priming Paint. Uh, Value Home Centers. Still uh, all in on the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Uh, they're not going anywhere, folks. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Where do you want to go next? Let's go to some wide receivers, Matt. You know, we learned today Marquez Stevenson is out for a few weeks, which, you know, never helps his roster odds or chances. The Bills could do something, though, with his roster spot. Uh, But there's two other receivers that you mentioned are kind of maybe battling it out for one spot. Yeah, I think it's a situation where like every year we're talking about a Marquez Stevenson foot injury, right? Like it's something that pops up and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing from the Bills perspective. I really thought that it was going to be a tough um, route to the roster. Like even if he ended up, you know, being the return guy, um, I, I don't know. It's just something about Stevenson. I think he needs more time to develop, more time to grow. I think this might be a blessing in disguise. You stash him, uh, put him on some type of pup list and and move on from that perspective. Um, but the one thing that I am looking at, like, all right, well, however the, the return, uh, stuff shakes out and how many receivers they keep, obviously probably Tavon Austin's in the mix there. Uh, maybe even Isaiah McKenzie, uh, could be somebody that gets in the mix. Uh, long shot might even be like Khalil Shakir. He did it. He, he returned punts in college a little bit, but I think that Tavon Austin making the rosters is a really interesting conversation because I think you could probably stash him on your practice squad after the fact, which maybe makes him a little bit more, um, you know, 
the Bills a little bit more willing to move on from him. Jay Kumaro made the roster at 53-man cutdown last year. He's a guy that they really rely on on special teams. But I think that there has been a player that's emerged as uh, you know a, 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 a roster battle for him, and that's Isaiah Hodgins. I think he's been really good. I think he does multiple things really well. I think he's got deceptive footwork. The more and more that I've watched him, not only in the individual parts, the one-on-ones, but actually in 11-on-11, making some plays there. The key is going to be for Hodgins is for the next three weeks, three, four weeks, can he stay healthy? That's been the thing with Hodgins. There's always something that's dinged him that's put him on the sideline, even if it's for a fuck, for a couple days. Wow, that almost went really in a bad direction. Um, <laughs> I thought, I, yeah, I was like, ooh, what's he about to wait, say? Wait, wait, what is he saying? Uh, you know, even if it's for a couple days, it's been something that's kind of cost him in the past. So can he stay on the field? Kumaro's already had some availability issues here early in camp. He returned today. I really do think that's going to be an interesting battle um, and and how much can Hodgins uh, provide on special teams? That's got to be something over the last two off seasons he's worked a lot on. I'm going to be interested to talk to him about that at some point and then watch him in the first game against the Colts in a, in, a, in a little over a week. Yeah, listen, stay healthy and continue to make plays because if he can do those two things, Matt, he's giving himself a chance. He is a former draft pick of this regime and being a draft pick does not guarantee you a roster spot, obviously. But they, they saw enough in him at one point during the draft process to say, this is someone that we think we can develop, we can bring along, uh, and could be a contributor for this team eventually. So that's still on the table. He's still a very young receiver. He's had some uh, bad luck with injuries, kind of like Stevenson here early in his career. So stay healthy, make plays at camp. And then when it really matters here in these preseason games, because preseason is so important to their evaluations, can he make a big play here and there with the second team? with the third team, wherever he's, you know, wherever he's lining up at that point in time. If so, he's going to have a path potentially to that last wide receiver spot. Cool. Uh, fine from uh, Disney wifey uh, over on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted this January 19th uh, during the playoff run where Stefan Diggs said uh, about Greg Rousseau, he finds him before every game to let him know he better get his hands on somebody or Diggs is going to go get his hands on him. Quote, I'm proud of him to this point, but he's got more juice in those legs and he's going to find some more ways to make more plays for us, uh, end quote. So hmm. prophetic, if you will, from <laughs> Stefan Diggs back in January, Greg, Greg Russo went out there and put his hands on somebody today. It just so happened to be Stefan Diggs. That's funny. I'm going to I'm gonna have to bring that up with uh, Diggs next time I, he comes to the podium. Yeah, coming coming full circle, I suppose, there. Uh, you know, Matt, we've talked a lot about wide receivers. Uh, someone in the comments was asking about Jameson Crowder. Yeah, he made a there. mistake He made a mistake today, and there was someone that was a beneficiary of that play and who had a pretty good practice overall at the linebacker position. Before we get to the play, and I want to get in that, let's talk a bit about Crowder because I think reestablishing the, the moving of the goalpost here with Crowder is important. And like I said, when I mentioned this last week on Crowder, maybe finding himself in a, in a situation where he's fighting for a roster spot. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. You know, I, I do think that we've seen enough to this point now with him healthy, that he does offer another, um, a f- another flavor for what the bills want to do in their offense. I mean, he's, when you run as many routes in the NFL, when you started games in the NFL, there's value to that. Right. And so I think that's going to be something that, you know, pushes his, him to the across the finish line. I don't think that his roster spot's in jeopardy unless he gets hurt again and, and misses a, a a bit of time. And then the Bills just kind of sit there at roster cutdown day and say, all right, we, we just can't trust this guy to stay healthy. 
Yeah. And I think it would take a lot for that. You're right. Uh, in terms of what he's done, what he's proven, the bills have gone out and said on record numerous times, they want to get better as, in terms of yards after catch. It's something that Crowder does well. It would have to be the worst case scenario. Everything would have to be going against Crowder, in my opinion, for him not to make this team. Now, is he going to be an immediate contributor on offense? Time will tell. Right now, I, th- I think that Isaiah McKenzie has really separated himself from the pack uh, of the slot receivers. We've talked about Shakir. Uh, now, Shakir, though, has that position versatility, can play multiple receiver spots. He's not just going to be a slot guy. But there's two talented players right there that are going to be vying for reps. So Crowder's got to step his game up. He's got to stay healthy over this stretch. Uh, but th- there's plenty of reason to believe that he's going to be on this final roster. Yeah, and I, I just think that we're in the point now where anything can happen, right? Like last week, early on, we started talking about that. Like people's sirens went off, right? Like it was something like it, unimaginable that this could happen. Anything could happen. I mean, when you have a roster this chock full of talent, sit back and, and wait. There's going to be some funky things that probably end up happening. Uh, you know, we're talking about Hodgins. Like last year, you know, I think it was a real lesson when Kumaro made the roster. I didn't really see that happening and it did and i think that there's going to be some type of curveball just because of what this team and regime values at the time that they make this decision all right so the play that you brought up with crowder is that he fumbled and Mm -hmm. when you have that kind of play it's definitely demerits you know you got to hang out to the football uh for this team especially with the ball in your hands but i couldn't see who caused the fumble part of me wonders because i couldn't see who caused the fumble if it wasn't just him losing the ball uh, I'm sure somebody got a hand on it or something like that, but guess who's there to scoop it up? Mr. Opportunistic, Balin Specter. And I'm going to tell you why I'm calling him that. I've seen him with his nose around the ball several times now during camp. It hasn't always led to a turnover, hasn't always led, led to a splash play, but uh, today, two different occasions. And listen, he's going up against Matt Barkley, uh, Case Keenum, uh, it, it's not the same thing. I'm, I'm not trying to overblow him. There's times Terrell Bernard has made plays with Josh Allen in the game. So let's not blow this out of perfor- proportion, but it's a guy that brings juice, brings energy. He plays fast, uh, picks up the fumble, goes the other way. Uh, later in practice, Matt Barkley throws a duck and he comes flying across right to left, comes sliding into the play, makes the interception. <laughs> Balen Spectres, you know, all you can do is be is play against who you line them up, who the coaches line you up against. And right now, Balen Spector's making plays against those people. Yeah. And when he first came out, you know, one of the draft analysts says he plays like his hair is on fire. And I think to date, that's that's a fair assumption. He's he's making plays. You mentioned the instincts, knowing where to be, being in the right spot at the right time. Um, and he's not going against the number ones right now, but if he can continue to make plays, there's a possible path for him to be on this roster as the final linebacker. We've mentioned it before. Andre Smith is going to be suspended for the first six games of the season. Uh, the Bills had three linebackers that had significant special team snaps last year. Uh, and with Smith off the field, you know, yeah, they, they could go with Bernard to pick up some of those snaps. They could go uh, elsewhere. But there's a possible path for Spectre to get a lot of those snaps as well. Uh, depending on how this depth char- chart shakes out at linebacker. Uh, the sizzle of the grill, popping open a refreshing drink, crowds cheering for their favorite team. These are the beautiful sounds of football season. And Tops is right there with you. From fresh meat to locally grown produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more. 
Uh, Ryan Talbot, let's uh, let's put the finishing touches on this bad boy. A couple more places to go before we get out of here. This is going to be a uh, short and sweet edition of Get Out of Town because we're coming right back at you tomorrow. Yeah, well, how about we talk about who came back today in, in terms of a maybe a, a limited role and the uh, how Roger Saffold is progressing? Yeah, so Roger Saffold, Sean McDermott said he's really happy with the progress that he's making. And whenever you're talking about a rib injury like he suffered, the timetable is always a little bit funky. So he's been doing a lot of stuff off to the side. I put a video out of him out on Tuesday. It looks like he's kind of ramping up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe uh, kind of doing some individual stuff here maybe early next week, uh, maybe sooner. Who knows? I mean, it, it looks like good a good sign. If, and if they can get him back, I think that that like, really solidifies some things. I mean, Josh Allen was super complimentary of Mitch Morse today. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that with all these missing folks, I mean, Ryan Bates has been out, Greg Mance has been out. I mean, there really wasn't a backup to, to Mitch Morse available today. I mean, they, they probably figure that Ike Butker is going to be the guy that plays some center for them. They've been you know rotating some other guys in there as well. But, you know, right now it's been Mitch Morris and he's probably had to play a lot of extra snaps and that's not something you necessarily want to put on your veteran uh, starting center, but it's something that he's, he's done willingly. So if they can start to get back some other, um, you know, some of these interior players, I think it'll take a little bit of the pressure off. It was Bobby, uh, Bobby Harden at left guard today, bless his soul. Uh, right guard was Cody Ford. And then uh, David Questenberry out at right tackle in for Spencer Brown, who still is not working in team. They're really slowing that thing down for him. So it's definitely newsworthy. Ryan Bates was back at practice, but he was only participating in the individual uh, drills. Yeah, you know, tomorrow when we're at the stadium, I think the offensive line is something that all fans should kind of keep an eye on, uh, see how this unit's performing kind of get an idea of what could be if some of these guys don't start coming back a little bit sooner. There's no reason to believe that Saffold is not on his way back based on what we've seen, but Spencer Brown, you named it. Uh, you named him. He is being brought back along slowly. How slowly is that going to be between now and the start of the regular season? We'll see, but they're not just going to throw him out there week one uh, against the Rams. If he has not had enough reps and enough time on the practice field. So that could be Questenberry's job. Uh, to lose right now. And that's something that you mentioned a while ago, early on at camp. So definitely keep an eye on this offensive line. You want, you need to have your best five out there to protect Josh Allen. So this offense can go Um, something to monitor though, for sure tomorrow and going forward. What's on your mind. What are you going to be looking for tomorrow at practice? Now that you've been out at camp where you're going to, you're going to head there tomorrow. What's kind of on your mind. What are you, what are you looking for? Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on a few of the young defensive backs. I'm going to specifically keep an eye on Nick McLeod, Elijah Griffin. Guys kind of battling the back end of that cornerback uh, spot for one of those final 53 jobs. Same with Cam Lewis, too, because uh, I think he's been really solid. I'm going to keep an eye on that running back rotation. I think every day we've mentioned one of the backs and how they're performing. Uh, so I really think there's there's got a bit of a dogfight there in terms of trying to keep things going. I'm going to block this spam account in our chat. So I'm just multitasking like a maniac over here. And, and then I'm going to keep an eye on some of the young rookies as well. Uh, Khalil Shakir, James Cook, a, a lot of the rookies from this class. That's great. I, I'm glad that you mentioned McLeod because uh, I, I, he's playing with a um, he's playing with a, with some nastiness like that. I don't think that I saw from him last year, like, you know, physicality, finishing hits when they're, when they're thudding up, 
Uh, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from McLeod. He's all over the field. They're moving him around, obviously, with Poyer out and Hyde kind of limited. He did a little bit of teamwork today. He's getting cycled in there as well at safety. And so now you have a guy that's playing multiple positions. How is he handling that? But that also adds to the versatility and potential of him making this roster as maybe a fringe guy. Now, I don't know what the path is for McLeod just because, you know, they got some real competition at cornerback with Cam Lewis and Christian Benford. I mean, in a perfect world, they're going to probably want both of those guys in their final roster. I don't know how you roster those two and find a spot also for um, McLeod. Uh, seeing some other people uh, asking questions in here. Uh, AJ Epinesa, he had a sack today, got in a little back and forth with Alec Anderson. Uh, every time Alec Anderson has gone up against AJ Epinesa, it's been bad news for the undrafted free agent. Uh, so I think Epinesa is probably way. Listen, look at the game, the first preseason game. You're going to get a really nice look at AJ Epinesa because I don't think Von Miller probably plays that game, right? They probably keep him out. They put him on ice. You're going to see some Greg Rousseau, but I think we're going to probably see a lot of Boogie Basham and a lot of AJ Epinesa in that game. And that could be a game where he can maybe start to solidify that role, whatever it's going to look like. Uh, even a guy like Shaq Lawson, a veteran, I, I don't anticipate seeing a ton, a ton of him in the preseason wanting to limit the kind of uh, pressure on him. And, and it's important Injury-wise. for the, yeah. And it's important for Epineza and Boogie Basham to get those reps. I, you know, I don't envision either of them being at risk of missing out on this roster. If one of them were, it would be Epineza, but it, it's, it's important for them to kind of show in those live game reps, what they can do, how valuable they can be as depth behind Von Miller and Greg Rousseau. So uh, those are going to be valuable reps for those guys, just like these safeties are getting valuable reps now. Some of these young defensive backs, too, over the preseason. The Bills have some very tough decisions on the horizon. And now that we're getting closer and closer to actual preseason football, I think that the players themselves will help clear up some of those tough decisions based on their individual play. Somebody else asked about Cody Ford. Uh, I think he's been... Solid. It hasn't stood out in a in a, in a real bad way, or uh, there wasn't any plays where I'm watching him pancake dudes. Now they they did the most uh, run game that I've seen them do to the point to this point today, uh, and, and nothing. It really seemed clogged. Like the the there was a lot of just standing up, like more so than moving people around. So we'll get a look at Cody Ford, and depending on how ready Roger Saffold is, even if he hits the tr- the practice field next week, I don't am- anticipate seeing Saffold in the in the first preseason game. So you're going to see a lot of Cody Ford. Uh, you're probably going to see a lot of uh, Bobby Hart as well. Uh, sorry, and I don't know yeah. what to say about that, but you no, know what? Yeah. There it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I just see another question here from Alex Barber. Uh, yeah, it, so- it sounds like Josh Allen's going to do a Tuesday segment on Kyle Brandt's new show that's through the Omaha Productions with uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. So it looks like he's going to do like a weekly Tuesday spot. Wasn't 100% confirmed, but Brandt pretty much came out and said, oh, it could be Josh Allen every single day when he was asked specifically about players. So keep an eye on that. It makes sense. Um, oh, one other thing, Matt, from your notes. Uh, Matt Barkley, another bad day, or was that just one bad throw let's, to let's Bale not, Inspector? Let's not, let's not, let's not <laughs> okay. do Matt Barkley again. Fair enough. Let's, Fair let's, enough. Let's maybe get out of here at this point. We appreciate all you guys for watching. Uh, yeah, Matt Barkley. Uh, it's got the feel of the practice squad for me. Uh, great guy in the room, but he's he, he's been struggling out here. Uh, 300 plus watching on YouTube. Thank you so much. Smash that like button before you go. We really appreciate it. Let's get this... Uh, this latest edition uh, percolating 
on the old YouTube. Uh, the, the numbers have been un- unbelievable, Ryan. I'm so thankful. Uh, we got 70 li- likes. Let's get that up to 100 before we get out of here. And as always, Shout is brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. From your child's first birthday party to your holiday feast, Sunday football to backyard barbecues, and every meal in between, Tops is proud to have been at your table for the past 60 years and looks forward to 60 more. We look forward to much more coverage of Bill's training camp. Uh, it will continue tomorrow from the stadium for Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. We'll see you then. Enjoy. And hey, if you see us out there, say hi. We'd love to catch up. Talk some Bills. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.